If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, and welcome to the 130th episode of Lake of Rage Pokemon Trading Card Game Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by a very special temporary guest host. Joining us, we have one of the top players in the game and someone that everyone saw, even though you might not be aware of. We have the one and only Prince Williams. Prince, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for... Yeah, thank you for joining us, Prince. Uh, listeners might have noticed by hearing your voice, you are not a Masters player. You play in the Juniors division, correct? That is correct. I am 11 years old, and I am the Juniors division number one in U.S. and Canada. How do you compare in the world? Uh, I am second in the world. Awesome. <laughs> so... Some of your accomplishments, because I asked you to send me some, and these are the biggest ones. You picked four, just like a stream. And this is, listeners, are you ready for this one? We have the 2023 LAIC champion, the 2023 NAIC finalist, the winner of Orlando Regionals, and the 2023 World's Top Four finisher. Prince, how? How have you just done so incredibly well? to do all these amazing things in the game? Um, I practice a lot and prepare for the tournaments. Like, oh, I practice a lot and prepare for the tournaments mm-hmm. with my dad, go to a bunch of cups to, to get ready for the tournaments and it just pays off. It's clearly paying off because that is, that is incredibly impressive. Those things can only be matched by a couple of the best players in the game, you know, the Tord Reklevs of the world, right? So you're doing incredibly well. How long have you been playing the Pokemon trading card game? I started playing competitively in March of 2021. Mm-hmm. Or tw- yeah, 2022. That was the first regional I went to in Salt Lake City. I didn't do that well, but uh, my dad thought I did. So we went to... EYC next, and I top aided. So you top aided your second ever event. Yes, that is correct. I top aided the EYC in Frankfurt, Germany. That's so awesome. How, like, what did you do in between your first regional and EYC to improve so much in such a short amount of time? At my first regional, I, I, my first regional, I met a friend, his name is Aid, and then he introduced mm-hmm. me to one of his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Polaris. His dad owns a table, uh, his dad owns a card shop named Tabletop in Seattle. So they both helped me prepare for EYC. That's so awesome. So the friendship is really what kind of kind of got you going in this, isn't it? Yeah, he's one of my best friends now. 
And of course, listeners, you might kind of you might recognize the Tabletop Village. You know, shout out to one of the sponsors of the podcast. You've heard the ads in the middle of uh, use code Mellow Five for five percent off TabletopVillage.com. But what makes you keep playing the Pokemon trading card game, Prince? Joy out of the strategy of the game and really just the community. Mm-hmm. Great, make a lot of friends. That's what I. That's what keeps me going. Do you play any other games competitively? Uh, uh, I don't play any other games competitively Hmm? or card games, anything like that. Okay, so you're focused entirely on Pokemon. Uh, So I I also create music on my laptop by chopping up other songs and creating new ones. And I also can play the piano and sing. Oh, that's so awesome. So in addition to Pokemon, you've got this like amazing musical talent, don't you? That's correct. Do you want to do music in the future? After I'm a senior or (laughs) once I become a master, I think I'll stop playing Pokemon and pursue becoming a music creator or an artist. That's awesome. (laughs) Why? Why when you're in masters? Is it just because of the age you'll be or is there another reason? Pretty much just the age. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. What is your favorite deck that you've ever played? I love playing really, really hard decks that challenge my my brain mm-hmm. because I, it's just really fun when I do cool stuff. So, uh, probably the favorite de- my favorite deck that i played would be mewtwo in control so the uh the one that sander had cooked up at that naic correct correct i played it to the orlando regional which i won oh that's right that was the one shortly after piper had won correct correct that's cool so you you gravitate towards control decks since you like more uh more complex decks or that just happen to be a coincidence that you liked Mewtwo as your favorite. Tournament before at the San Diego Regional, mm-hmm. I played I played a control deck, but without Mewtwo Venian. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days before the regional, the Mewtwo Venian control was brought to my attention, so I wanted to try it out. And clearly, it worked out pretty well, didn't it? Sure did. Are you, are you a block lax player right now, or do you like something else? So back then, control wasn't really known, or it did just run it regional, mm-hmm. but I thought it was just lucky. So I play like off meta decks. So once I saw that control was doing good pretty much everywhere, I just didn't want to play it since it was starting to become the meta. That makes sense. So you don't want to pick something like Block Snorlax that everyone knows is really good. You want to surprise people. Yeah, that's correct. Also, I think Block Snorlax is more um, or less fun than the other control variants. I think that's a... I I can agree with that statement, too. (laughs) What are some of your other favorite decks that you've played? I also like uh, spread decks, so like Urshifu. I played that to a couple of tournaments. Which version of Urshifu? Um, 
so it was uh, the Intellion nursery food, but not the not the double gunner, the shady dealings. Cool. I love that deck. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing that too. And then once I saw that, once I saw the Iron Valiant Entei deck, mm-hmm. I knew that was right up my alley. Because uh, you did pretty well with that recently, didn't you? <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that would be the winning deck at LAIC for you, correct? Yeah, that's correct. How? Okay. So I want to talk about the Entei Valiant deck real quick because I'm super curious. I personally did not think it was a good deck going into LAIC. Clearly, I was wrong, and you were correct. So why did you say, I'm going to play Entei Valiant at LAIC? So uh, I, I saw the deck on YouTube mm-hmm. around like the weekend before the tournament. Okay. And then I showed it to my friends. They didn't think it was that good. They thought <laughs> uh, the versions of Iron Valiant were better. Mm-hmm. But I thought that if I just tested it a bit more, made it more consistent, it can, it had the potential to beat every deck and format. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. And then going into, or a couple of days before the tournament, my coach put, or the day before the tournament, my coach played against uh, Ente Valiant deck, and he did, said it wasn't that good. I, I, saw, uh, I saw it on stream doing really good, so... I still felt I still hoped that it would be a good pick. For everyone, who is yeah. your coach? My coach is Mark Dizan. Perfect. I think we'll talk about Mark a little more later because I know he's been coaching you for a while, right? Yeah, he started coaching me the after NAIC mm-hmm. for the World 2022. Did you make that Worlds? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's the one that I got top four. Oh, perfect. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, so you played Entei Valiant, favorite deck. Uh, what are some of your favorite accomplishments that you have in the Pokemon trading card game? Uh, I would say one of them would just be Worlds, uh, that Worlds top four in 2022. That, because it was my first top four, I know that a really big tournament. Mm-hmm. And after my first match of top eight, I had my whole team cheering for me. What deck did you play in that tournament? At that tournament, I played uh, Arceus V2V Union or the Arc Reactor. Arc Reactor? Wait, I've never heard that name. Did you come up with that? Yeah, the they hand out like sheets of your accomplishments and what you would call your deck. Mm-hmm. And we were brainstorming on that day and we called it the Arc Reactor. I am so happy that you played Arceus Mewtwo V Union to that tournament because that was the last world I competed in. And I I really liked that deck. I did I didn't play it, but I'm so happy you did so well with it because it was so fun. Yeah. It's so good because you only have four basic Pokemon mm-hmm. uh, for Arceus, so you can never start a bad so you never have a bad starter. What are some of the other? Because you have, there's a lot. You've made a lot of top cuts. You've won, you know, regionals and an IC. 
what's another tournament that you're like, oh, this one was really fun or something that I'm really proud uh, of? I think I was just really proud at, at LEIC after I won because because not a lot of people believed that it was I was going to do good. So once I showed them that they were wrong, that made me really happy. Yeah, what did you, uh, your coach, what did Mark say after you did so well with the deck that he said was not good? He admitted that he was wrong, and he said the one thing that he helped me during the tournament was that not playing control, because I played it to the tournament before, and I did not do very well. What version of control was that? Uh, that was Block Lax. Okay, okay. So he talked you out of Block Lax. Yes, that's correct. So how do you prepare for <laughs> events? Because you go to a lot of tournaments. How are you, like, where are you practicing? How are you practicing? Who are you practicing with? Like, what, what does it look like for you to prepare for an event? So around two weeks before an event, I, if, if there's a new format, it, the set normally comes around two weeks before the event. Mm -hmm. So that's normally when I start brainstorming decks. My coach might give me some ideas. Or from my friends, I might get some ideas mm -hmm. to build off of. Then I play like around five hours of Pokemon Live every day, because I think it really helps. Yeah. And also we go to a bunch of cups. And then I get coaching sessions from my coach sometimes, too. So I have to ask, what is the highest mm -hmm. rank you've gotten on Pokemon Trading Card Game Live? Um, the highest rank would probably be around, or actually, I don't know what Pokemon it was, but I think I got to around 800. Not that high. Okay, okay. So you're putting a lot of time in, but I mean, it takes a while to actually get up there <laughs> on live. When you're saying you're playing five hours a day, are you playing the same deck over and over again? Or are you like switching up your decks a lot? So since at the start of a format, there's normally like at least two new decks mm -hmm. and then new cards that add into old or existing decks. I normally spend around an hour or two hours on one deck and then going to another one to see if that one's better or if the other one was not as good. How do you decide like what's <laughs> good? Like, are you just like going off of wins and losses or is there something else when you're like, oh, this deck is better because I don't know, something else? Like, how do you decide? So a matchup spread is really what goes into it because mm -hmm. in new t in tournaments it's really just about what you or in tournaments with a new format there's going to be a lot of decks but mainly there's like two, four three decks that are mainly good and some decks have favorable matchups into those, but not into any of the other ones. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what Control is built for. And other decks have okay matchups into those, but they'll beat everything else. So those are, like, the main decks that can just beat everything off brute force. Yeah. So normally I go off uh, which deck's better against the top decks. How do you decide for juniors? What decks you're expecting people to play? So, in juniors, 
there's a couple of really good players which will play like boss box because that's a pretty hard deck mm-hmm. and like urshifu sometimes but against most juniors they'd play around like the more simpler decks like lugia or at this tournament roaring moon mm-hmm. or ride on because those are more simple so that's what i expect okay so for any like parents or other juniors that might be listening it's usually for you like i'm expecting most people to play a deck that's a little easier to play but then the top juniors like you said lost box as the example but playing a harder to play deck yeah exactly okay and then how do people prepare for you if you're always going to play a deck that no one's expecting so a lot of people expect me to play control. Mm-hmm. So like for for instance at EOIC, I know I had a friend that, or I knew some people that were putting in more switches or stuff to deck around me, but I didn't end up playing control. So I normally pick a new deck every tournament unless I do like really really good with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's still viable because. Most of the decks that I play are, no one knows how to play the matchup. So it's much easier for me than if they did know how to play a matchup, like if I was playing a more mainstream deck. Mm -hmm. So it's just really hard to depict what I'm playing. That's a really smart strategy. Like that's one that I've heard recently Azul talking about for Masters as well of having something different can give you a bit of an edge that you wouldn't normally have. And it sounds like you've really decided that's what I'm going to do at every single tournament, huh? Yeah. And then also at a previous tournament, mm-hmm. I don't remember which one it was, but I got, I got a game loss for, I thought my opponent conceded because it was a language barrier, mm-hmm. but uh, they didn't, and I got a game loss because I picked up my cards. So at this tournament, I made sure not to to pick up my cards. I let them take them up first, so I make sure that it was concession. That is super good advice <laughs> for anyone listening, because you're not the only person, Prince, who I've heard that's happened to before. That's unfortunate it happened. Yeah, but I've learned so much better now. So when you're preparing for events, what does coaching do for you? Like, what, how is Mark helping you beyond just like, here's a good deck, you should play it? Like, what is he doing for you? So he gives me a lot of flexibility through the decks that I get to play. Mm-hmm. He, made, he gives me like a lot of uh, decks that he sees doing good from Japan that, uh, that he hasn't seen anywhere else. So mainly rogue decks, he gives me a lot of those and then I can build off of them. He's also helps me with like focusing and the how to sequence my deck perfectly. Okay, so that sounds really good. It's a little bit of the just how to play, and then he lets you choose what to play for most of the time, right? Yeah. Like um, this tournament, he didn't think it was still good, but he let me choose what I wanted to play. He let me choose Iron Valiant. Did you know the Lake of Rage podcast now has merged at doomed-gaming.com, which is down below in the description. 
we have a shirt and sticker available to you. Use code LAKE for 10% off your first order of some Lake of Rage podcast merch. And if this sells well, we're going to add some more designs in the future. Now, on to the show. When it comes to focusing, do you think that's something that you're better at than other juniors, that ability to like focus on the game and really pay attention to what's going on? Or do you think that's something that you've kind of caught up to other players and you're all equal at? I mean, we're all still kids, so it's still kind of hard to focus on like pure, make sure that nothing else happens and no mm-hmm. talking. So it's still kind of hard to do that, but I think I am better at most people than at that. Do you like so you mentioned talking this is something i'm always curious about from top players do you like talking to your opponent during the game about like things that aren't in the game or are you like i need to focus on the game like i'm here to play and i want to beat you so you like like talking about random stuff during a game or are you like no i'm only here for a game against people that i know are very good i'm mostly just not talking just focusing mm-hmm. but against it's, I mean, it's always good to have, it's, you always need to have a good time. It always has to be fun. Yeah. So like against other people, I might talk sometimes about random stuff. Okay. That's good. That's good. I'm always, I'm, I agree. I think it's very fun <laughs> when you're not playing against a very hard matchup, right? You're like, oh yeah, let's, let's chat a little bit. So that's good. It's notorious that juniors and seniors don't get to play on stream. You know, it's only masters except the finals of ICs. So you've been on stream now at least twice, correct? Yes, two times. How was it playing on stream? Like, what is it like for anyone who hasn't been on stream before? So the first time that I played on stream was at NERC last mm-hmm. season. And I was pretty nervous because it was my first time. Everybody was going to be watching. But... This time, and so they have like a white noise in the headphones Mm -hmm. so that you can't hear the crowd or the announcers. And you can only hear your judges and your your opponent. So that kind of helps you focus a bit, but you're still pretty nervous on your first time. The second time, though, when I was at LEIC, I felt much more comfortable Mm -hmm. because I knew that I had a really good chance of winning. And I knew that I mean, so I knew that I had a really good chance of winning and it just made me much more comfortable. Okay. So did you practice the night before the matchup for LAIC? So at, at LAIC, they had the Swiss rounds and top eight on the first day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day would be top four and finals. So I didn't really know... So those two Maridons and one Tina in the top four. So I was either going to play against one of those for the finals. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really practice. I kind of just knew I'm going to go in there. I'm going to outskill them. I'm going to win. So the night before, I went swimming with my friends. <laughs> and we stood up to like 12 before before I went to sleep. And then... Next day, I came up victorious. That's awesome. So you got to enjoy so much stuff before playing in the finals still. Yeah. And top eight, I played against my friend Kingsley. Mm-hmm. And he was also at the same hotel as us. So after he got over it, 
We all went swimming. So you've been to like a lot of places to play Pokemon. You've been to Germany, you've been to London, you've been to Japan, you've been to Brazil, you've been to, you know, probably so many more. What do you think has been your favorite place that you visited because of Pokemon? So I think I'd say my favorite place that I visited would have to be Japan. Even though I did not do very well at Japan, I got 70, 78, I think. Okay. Second to last. Oh. <laughs> You don't have to tell anyone um, that. Just say 78. That's fine. 78. 78. But so that was like a humbling experience. But Japan, the food there was amazing. We got to go see a lot of cool stuff. We went to a place called Team Lads. So that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And overall, the experience was amazing. And then we, after that, we got to go to Thailand since we were... We went there since we were around, we were around there, mm -hmm. around the area. So we got to stay there and relax for, for about five days. That's awesome. That sounds so fun. <laughs> so Prince, is there anything else that you're like, oh, I didn't bring this thing up that you think anyone should hear? Or do you have any advice for other, it's probably parents of juniors or juniors that are listening? My advice would be that the game is much more fun when you're having fun. So make sure that you're always having fun. Uh, sometimes you can be more serious, but most of all, you have to have fun. You have to enjoy the game. Prince, who would you like to thank out of anyone in the world for all of this stuff? Or any thanks, shout outs you might have, friends, family, etc. Yeah, my, my parents, for sure. Coach Mark, uh, my team, my team, the Mythicals, uh, and and the whole tabletop community, all those people. That's beautiful. I love it. This has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.